Hello and welcome to episode 156 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRLP. Joining me as always is the ever calm, omnipresent League Freak. You can find on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? Do you know me at all? <laughs> How's it going? Not too bad. We've, uh, no. I mean... Fuck, we have just burned a, cl- a great episode. We've we've just come on here just to let you know that, man, our our episode we just uh, we just did with that we didn't record before this. That Very insightful. Ins- it was in insightful. And what other word could you use that's like a a really cool word to say? Um, uh, I don't know, mate. It was uh, it was good. It was uh, glorious. Well, yeah, glorious. I find I, everything that's described as glorious is I don't just think the I've, best of the best. I don't think I've ever used the word glorious in any episodes of this podcast. Yeah, I've I've said on here why I started calling myself the Glorious League Freak, haven't I? I don't think so. Oh, okay. It's because uh, it pissed off Poms that I was talking about. Like, because oh. I used to, I used to go on the Pommy forums talk about rugby league a lot, like too much. And um, I would call myself the League Freak to start off with. And uh, no, I called myself League Freak and then I'd get banned and I would go back on as something else and I'd slowly change my name back to League Freak. (laughs) (laughs) And then eventually I'd get banned again. And then I'd come back on, and one of the one of the like names I ended up with was the Glorious League Freak, and uh, yeah, they didn't like me saying I was a, the Glorious League Freak at all, which of course meant I had to use it. Permanently. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a green light. They failed yeah. there. Yeah, exactly. Really bad idea by whoever said the first time they didn't like it. Yes. Now there has been a little bit of news today. Mm-hmm. Took us a while to find it. Yeah. Hidden away. Hidden away. Um, today we got the announcement that NRL CEO uh, Todd Greenberg has decided to stand down effective immediately. Uh, his last day, I believe, is going to be next Monday, so it's kind of effective almost immediately. Um, he wasn't sacked. He just stood down. His contract was up for renewal at the tail end of this year, October 2020. Yeah. Um, so... A lot of people were saying he was he was knifed. Some are saying he, he just he just took it, you know, left early. I think that's all it was really. What were your first impressions when you heard about this? Um the the media's the media's done a job on him. I was I was disappointed because I was hoping that rugby league wouldn't do a rugby league thing. And push him out of the game because the media didn't want him there. And Rugby League did exactly a Rugby League thing and pushed him out of the game because of the media. Um, it was I was just disappointed, really. So, you know, what can you do? And you've, you've done a lot of research tonight going through some of the stuff that happened on his watch. Uh, it's hard to argue with his performance when you look at the entire timeline. And as Greeno tweeted to both of us this afternoon from the starting block, now in the middle of a pandemic in one of the toughest times for any sports around the world, rugby league now 
sees itself without a, a permanent CEO. And not a real good time for that to happen. No, but geez, the media loves it now. Oh, because they've, they've got, got stories of plenty. Yeah. yeah. So Fox Sports have already pumped out six articles now mm-hmm. about Greenberg and his sacking. Yeah. Just that is not just dancing on the grave. That's dancing on the grave while pissing on it. They're dancing in their own piss puddles on his grave. Yeah, that's like a grand final night on the day after when they start putting out like articles that don't really mean much, yeah. but you know, they're coming, they're doing the same thing over this. It's kind of weird. It's they're almost the, the jubilation is so insane amongst these media organizations. You can just tell the people who are sitting there running these articles, all the editors and stuff like that are putting them out there. You can just tell the, the, they're holding a semi in their hand. <laughs> content, content, content. Rah! They're going fucking nuts. Oh, it is it is sick. Yeah. It's disgraceful. It's a horrendous abuse of their their authority and power as news media outlets. I I absolutely, I completely hate it. I think between this, like what's happened to Todd Greenberg and the just blatant uh, you know, public relations bullshit that Channel Nine carried on with um, the last week and a half, I I think that this is starting to rival the complete distrust of the media, the rugby league media that happened during the Super League war. But I think because it's happened in a time of social media and people are connected now, um, I think it's been super damaging for the mainstream media, for rugby league and their credibility across the board. There's not, none of them. It's just shot. There's none of them that you can feel like you can go to for reliable news sources. And I've got to say, it's fantastic for independent sites and podcasts. And we're both seeing that ourselves in the numbers. There's, I know other websites are seeing that. Um, other people that microblog and things. I think that this has been a shift for the way that people consume their news in rugby league in Australia. And long may it continue because, you know, why would you go to any of, why would you go to the Sydney Morning Herald anymore for rugby league news? You just wouldn't. No. And sadly, though, there is going to be a, a huge number of people who is, who are still going to swallow this crap hole. Yeah. Um, let me see that with that Clarkie's rugby league thing. I mean, he just, he just uh, copies and pastes what's ever in the Daily Telegraph and he's got a shit ton of viewers who he's, pages and stuff like that people just it's such easy to consume horse shit that is because it's so basic it's easy to believe look at how many people bought james hood ornaments bloody piece about the nrl burning through you know half a billion dollars half a million dollars a day or some shit or whatever it was yeah just a number he lifted from a from a balance sheet without reading anything into it or any other aspects of the balance sheet for that matter because he's a moron yeah, and you see people on social media using that as the sole reason why Greenberg should go. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's weird, and like it's really easy to explain. Like, and I've said this before because people, when they read something like that, they the image they get in their head is half a million bucks is spent on people sitting behind office, like in offices, at the NRL's headquarter, your headquarters, 
And, you know, when you get that sort of image in your head, it does make you angry because you think, oh, do we really need these people? But that's not what the money was spent on. It was spent on development. I mean, I said during the week, I posted on uh, as a reply to somebody that said the same 500,000 thing. I was like, well, it was spent on, you know, development offices and all this sort of thing. And somebody tweeted back to me saying, where are these development offices? And it's like, do you want me to go and take you to their houses or something? Like at some point, just do some of your own research into it. Have a look into it. The, the, all of the annual reports are there. All the information's there. And it's just crazy to me that that so many people don't know it's there. And I, I understand why, because the media doesn't like to mention it, because no. it destroys their narrative. That's right. And they're easy to find. I mean, in the past, you had to go to Google and type in NRL annual reports and then click on any of the six links that come up because they were for all the six annual reports. Now, you just go to leaguefreak.com because he's got an article there with all of the links to all of them in one article. Yeah, that, and it's titled like this is where all of the, the NRL spent all its money. It's still on the front page. It's it's one of the top articles still. And, yeah, and I've been posting that to everybody that's asked the question, where's the money gone? Because the media tosses it out there. Where's the money gone? But then they don't answer it. But you, you can ask questions these days in the media and not answer it. But it's the innuendo that comes with it of like something's happened. Something really bad must have happened to it. Something like, sinister. No. Someone yeah. stole it. It's like, no, they actually tell you. <laughs> exactly. I mean, we've never had this much transparency within the NRL, and yet they still get accused of hiding information. Yeah, and it's, it's very strange. It's sick. And it's funny because the only reason that we're getting these annual reports from a certain point is because a media organisation in News Limited left the running of the game and it allowed the the game to open its books and show what was going on before then it wasn't allowed to mm-hmm. because their media partner didn't want it exactly right so before we get into the little bit of research i did mm-hmm. i want to say that the nrl website they've released an article today saying greenberg's career in rugby league and i thought I'll go look at this and see what I can find out about his career as CEO. Yeah. Because, you know, I expect them to be balanced and, you know, talk about him in a positive manner, given that he was, you know, essential for a lot of these people getting their jobs and the media being the way it is in the NRL at the moment. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about the NRL website, not the media who report on it from other places. He's got yeah. nothing to do with that crap. Yeah. Um. And so it goes through a whole heap of things that happened in his career up until he became CEO in uh, 2016. Mm-hmm. And apparently only two things happened in the NRL under his watch since then, according to the NRL website. And what were they? Um, the collective bargaining agreement in November 2017. Mm-hmm. And then him stepping down today. <laughs> nice. Well, there you go. How atrocious yeah. is that? And you don't even have to be sitting there being, you know, fawning over him. Just report the facts. Yeah, especially not there. Especially when you consider he's he was a big proponent of the NRL's digital arm, which is worth hundreds of millions of dollars now. And they did a big recruitment push to get their own writers and stuff on on board. And then those same writers just, you know, kind of brush over it. 
Yeah, it's like, oh, he was really great before he became CEO. Yeah. And just an absolute trash piece of article, a waste of time. Mm. Um, so NRL.com, I've gone to the effort of actually doing your job for you. Again? Yeah. Um, so let's go through what happened in the NRL mm-hmm. since... Um, Todd Greenberg took over from David Smith as CEO in March 2016. Okay. So some of the 2016 stuff will obviously be attributed to, semi-attributed to David Smith. Yeah, but t- Todd Greenberg was there. Was he the chief? What was he? He wasn't the CEO. He was the chief operating officer, I believe. Yeah, yeah he yeah. was pretty high up. So yeah. um, I think the last key thing he worked on before he became CEO was um, the abolishing of the... Uh, shuttle charge. Yeah. I think it was just after a player up in, in Brisbane had passed away after copping a legal hit from the shoulder charge. Yeah, and the Brisbane like competition something, yeah. Yeah. Um, so in 2016, record ratings on TV with four of the top five programs being rugby league games. Um, set up the new Sky New Zealand partnership, which helped boost the TV rights deal. Uh, 55% growth in sponsorship revenue. 327,000 NRL club and state members. Uh, ball and play time increased by 97 minutes over the year, which is just massive. Yeah. Um, global governing body of the year award winner at the Beyond Sport Awards for the NRL School to Work program. Um, brought in the bunker. And more Australians were following the NRL on Facebook than any other sporting code or team. You can already see right there that he started work on the, the digital side of the game. Yeah, and... And working on establishing things that the game needed to have that they couldn't previously have before the independent commission as well. Like, I don't think people understand that when the independent commission come into place and then the game finally got the funding that it it deserved when it negotiated its first uh, broadcasting agreement after that, that there were some things that the game did not have that it had been desperately in need of since the NRL was formed. And so a lot of work has gone into rebuilding those things, and a lot of cost that's involved was to restart up basic stuff like that. Yeah. Um, In 2017, a historic collective bargaining agreement made with the players, which was the best deal for the players in the history of the game. This comes at a time when, you know, the players had recently, through the NRL's TV rights deal prior to this one, I believe, um, might be the one before that. Their entire NRL player's salaries was now going to be paid for by the TV rights deal, where mm-hmm. the NRL gets the money from the rights deal. They pay each club the entire salary cap, which then goes and pays the players. So you don't have to worry about a club going past and players being, you know, without money like you got over in the Super League in England. The players will always get paid. Yeah, and the other thing that they did during that uh, collective bargaining agreement is they upped the percentage that the players got uh, out of the the total income of the game, and they locked it in so that uh, if the game earns more money, the players earn more money as well. If the game earns less money, they earn less money as well. Uh, and the players really, they got on board with that, which was really cool because, and they openly said at the time, I remember players saying at the time, that it means that if players... If players misbehave and it costs the game money, then they're financially accountable, directly accountable for that. So that was a very big step 
um, as well as getting more money than they were getting before. I believe they ended up getting um, one of the big things that come out of it was that their percentage was higher than the percentage AFL players got. Yeah. It's very generous. Mm. Very generous. And that's the thing. If one player does one bad thing that ruins the income of the game, it impacts the, the salaries, I guess, of every NRL player, mm-hmm. you know, at that time and into the future until, you know, that money's brought back, I guess, and then increased upon. So it's it was a smart play. It was good to see the players jumped on board with that as well. Yeah. Um, two, $2.3 billion committed to new rugby league stadia. I, I think mean, some of that comes from state governments as well. Yeah, and look... That, I think, can't be underestimated, especially in Sydney. There's a lot of places around the rest of Australia that had state-of-the-art uh, rugby league stadia, and it was it was kind of weird that you would see somewhere like Melbourne and the Storm have this beautiful new stadium to play out of, and in Sydney we still had, you know, I mean, Paramount, the old Parramatta Stadium was still one of the better stadiums we have. Mm. Now you look at it, at where we're going we're going to have we've got currently Bankwest Stadium at Parramatta which is just the best rugby league stadium I've ever been to uh the Olympic Stadium at Homebush Bay is going to be reconfigured to what should be the best rugby league stadium in Australia when it's finished and you've got the SFS that they're redoing which was a bit of a problem and I think the NRL had to really give on that a little bit to get back in other areas but they're still going to end up with 45,000 seat rugby league stadium in the middle of the CBD basically so um and on top of that they they committed to these stadiums but at the same time didn't rule out trying to get upgrades for suburban grounds as well correct um and that's that was all huge mm-hmm. um New club funding model guaranteeing clubs more financial support than ever before. Um, we had quite a few clubs that were on their knees during Todd Greenberg's time, not because mm-hmm. of him, but because the clubs were just atrocious at managing themselves. Yeah. Um, you know, Baumain got involved in a very, uh, let's go with poor, shall we? Mm-hmm. Um, development plan in Roselle where the old Balmain Leagues Club was, which eventually saw Balmain go broke, um, and they couldn't service their loans. They couldn't they couldn't pay their way just in the West Tigers partnership, and so the NRL paid paid off their debts and stuff like that, and Balmain just had to pay them back. And you know that whole mess got sorted out. Um, we had the drama with Newcastle. Yeah, they basically had. To, I mean, they they took over the Newcastle Knights and I mean, you got to say they did a really good job at cleaning up the mess that was at Newcastle because that was a, a disaster. Yeah. They did that in a pretty quick time when you think about it too. Yeah. They really did. Were, and finding um, a, finding an owner for the Knights and it being a local owner too. I think that that was, that was amazing how, yeah. how seamlessly they did that. And very important. Yeah. Um, the Titans, yeah, once again, I mean, when they stepped in there, uh, the Titans are now a privately owned club. Uh, unbelievable. And that could have been a really bad situation for them. A lot of people were saying that the Titans should be moved and all this. The NRL stuck solid, and it means that we've still got three teams in Queensland, which is important. Yeah. And we also had financial issues, which 
um, threatened in varying degrees, mainly the dragons, the sharks. Mm-hmm. Um, there could be more clubs. And while the NRL didn't have to bail them out to the same extent as the others that we mentioned, um, you know, you've got to say that the huge amount of money that that comes to the clubs via, via the club grant has helped them ensure that those clubs do not fold. Definitely, definitely. And it's kind of, I mean, the fact that they got the, they've all the pays, players are paid for and then they got some more money on top of that in the club grants and then you've got clubs that still folded or not folded but come pretty damn close mm. and then you had other clubs that needed loans and things like that the mismanagement in clubland has been absolutely atrocious and the nrl has had to and they've done it pretty quietly as well step in and fix situations on behalf of poorly run clubs for a big chunk of the league when you think about it mm. show them how they should be running themselves yeah which is which is terrible, really. And what's even worse is the fact that Greenberg is blamed for those clubs being like that. Yeah, for for no good reason at all. Like, there's just that's just bullshit. There's nothing behind that, you know. And you, and you watch, you... as we know, I mean, sorry, in the next, the next, you know, year, two years, three years, this shit will just keep going the same cycle. Yeah, well, and it look, it's the same cycle that a lot rugby league's been in for a very long time now. Um, poorly run clubs going broke and needing a bailout. And, you know, because the NRL has been run pretty well over the last number of years financially, the money was there to bail them out. In the past, the money has not been there to help bail these clubs out. Um, It's, I mean, do you remember not too many years ago, the NRL was helping so many clubs out that there was a, a thought that maybe the NRL should just buy out all the clubs and own all the clubs. Yes. And I mean, that that's kind of ridiculous, but that's the point where it was starting to get towards. Like, that's how many of these clubs were poorly run. It shows you how well run the NRL become, especially under um, Todd Greenberg, mm. that it could prop up every single team in the competition when those teams could not prop just their one club up. Yeah. And yet he's the bad one. It makes no sense. It's, no sense uh... at all. And you know, the thing is that w- through all of this pressure that the media has applied to Todd Greenberg, one of the things they've said is that uh, the clubs uh, don't like him that much. Does that matter? Of course it doesn't. And as yeah. you said before, it's, it's the same rule that applies to um, NRL coaches. When you hear about players saying, oh, you know, the, the players don't get away with the coach. Yeah, exactly. As the long as they're winning, always, it yeah. does not matter. You're not Who here cares? to be friends. This isn't friendship. This is business. And, you know, I, I said it today in a number of tweets, like if the broadcasters don't like him because he wants to extract every last dollar from them, and the clubs don't like him because he demands that they run their businesses better and he doesn't chuck the money when they burn in a pit out the back of their league's clubs. That's his job. His job isn't to be friends with these people. It's business. Um, I don't care if they like him or not. All I care about is that he does his role as the NRL CEO well. And when you look at the statistics on it, he's he did a bloody good job. And you're going to be hard-pressed to find too many other CEOs that have been in charge of the NRL that 
can back up their time with all of these things that you're pointing out. Exactly. I mean, this is the thing too. I mean, David Smith brought it into, you know, modern times. Mm -hmm. And Greenberg set it up for the digital age. Yes. Yes. Um, So keep going here. So we're still in 2017. International TV rights deal agreed to with Fox Sports to show the NRL globally. Mm -hmm. Um, NRL club and state memberships up 16,000. Went back to having a fixed schedule. Thank Christ for that. Which was brilliant. And Australian, the Australian men and women's international sides end the year ranked number one in the world. Yeah, and I, I tell you something else that happened that we didn't talk about before. The investment in the Australian national teams was something that was fantastic. Um, and that happened during Todd Greenberg's time as a CEO because it used to be an afterthought. It used to be a chuck-together thing at the last minute every single year, weirdly enough. But now, I mean, that with uh, and you see it with how much work that Mal Meninga does as the Australian coach. Um, it, it, that's been fantastic. i tell you another thing that has happened on his watch is the agreement to bring touch football under the NRL's umbrella and fun touch football, which should have happened like a decade earlier. Well, it should have happened the minute Benji Marshall turned up because he had that background there. Yeah, yeah. He burst on the scene. Bang, that's, I, that's your moment. Yeah, 100%. Look, I remember when I was a kid, I, I didn't understand why that wasn't the case. Hmm. Oh, it makes sense. Well, yeah, that, that's another one from the uh, this, this same era. Um, 2018, what's this? We had the women's club competition, the NRLW starting off. Mm-hmm. Female participation rates were up 29%. The national participation rate was up 3.6%. Uh, a total TV audience over the year of $116 billion. Whoa. 332,996 NRL club memberships alone, which was up 5% on the previous year. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2019, 9.5 million viewers for the State of Origin series alone. 818,000 viewers for the Women's State of Origin game, making it the most watched women's sporting event on TV. Mm-hmm. Belinda Sharp became the first female NRL referee. The NRL um, became a $500 million business for the first time. Participation rates were up 1.23%. NRL clubs' growth was up 3.9% across all 16 clubs. It, you can't argue with it. I mean, they, these are, and I wrote about this on that uh, that article that we spoke about earlier on my website. If you want to talk about the good old days of rugby league's financial health, it is 2019. Mm. They're the good old days. They're at, when the game is at its financial peak in its entire history. And by the way, it's not even close. Yeah, yeah, it, it's miles ahead now. I mean, as you said, it's the first time in its in its history. It's a five hundred million dollar business. Yeah, that's nothing to be sneezed at. And the, so, like when you add in the valuation of the NRL Digital, which I believe was put at five hundred million by an independent uh, company, it, it's just like you got to hand it to Todd Greenberg. He's on his watch. Whether you whether you say that he was the person that you give the accolades to for all of this, or he oversaw it, or he just happened to be there at the time. You cannot deny it. No, that's right. And let's be clear. We're not 
I know it sounds like we're saying that we're fair to this. We're not. We're, what we are is we, we want to provide balance on this because the media, mainstream media anyway, has done nothing but attack him constantly ever since he got the gig. Mm-hmm. And if you want to find out about the, the things that happened under his, under his you know, uh, rule that were negative, you just go to them because that's all they ever wrote about. They never wrote anything positive about him or great things that he did. And, yes, there were things that happened under Greenberg's um, tenure that was not great. Um, and a lot of it comes down to the way he handled player misbehavior and some of the punishments handed down. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them were, if we were, if we were to talk them up, we'd say they were pathetic. Yep. Um, but, again, if clubs were run better, he wouldn't have needed to stand in and hand down punishments in the first place because the clubs would be punishing these players properly. But they're not going to do that because they've got a vested interest in their players being on the field. So, you know, it's a situation where he's screwed either way. Yeah, and look, I think that, uh, and we've been critical of it, we've been super critical of the way that some players have been allowed to play and others haven't been. Um and, and the way that you line up different offences uh, d- didn't stack up with you or me, personally. Mm. Um, I, I think that on the positive side of that, I think the way that the Ben Barber thing was handled was exactly what you would want out of the NRL for them to say, no, nah, that we are not having that go away. Your contract's yeah. terminated, never to be seen again. Um, I think that we would. I, I think most people in the game would applaud that. Uh, that that don't have a vested interest in the game anyway. Um, but then there were other things. I mean, having Matt Lodge take part in the NRL, I think, was yeah, disgusting. Yeah. Um, well, even and this is before Greenberg, but allowing Robert Louis to mm-hmm. return and still not still not sacking him on the spot after the second incident. Yep, uh, not completely banishing Tim Simono for life. Mm-hmm. I think that was another one you and me were we were nothing short of disgusted about. Yeah, that was unforgivable. Um, that no, nah, yeah, that just there's no excuse for that. And the other thing I would say is lining all of that up with against an Israel Folau, Um You know, that's it. Just doesn't line up. It. it it's just weird. Uh, you can't explain that one. And, and that sort of did a lot of people's heads in. Um, I know a lot of people agreed with it, but it did a lot of people's heads in as well. And then when you also br- bring into account this uh, no-fault stand-down policy and you look at someone like a Jack DeBellin, who is going to have lost, going on two and a half years of his career, it looks like by the time that that all gets sorted out, if it comes out that he's not guilty, I, I don't even know what to say about that. And look, we, we'll say it when it comes about, whatever happens, you know. Mm. If it turns out he, he is guilty, then you'll be like, well, it was the right decision, I guess. But if it turns out he's not guilty, man, yeah, that will a... be one of the biggest mistakes I think the game has made in a very long time. Yeah. And obviously, I mean, as we're seeing here, a lot of what Grimberg has done has been all about, um, I suppose, shoring up the NRL's finances. Mm-hmm. And so decisions like that with DeBellin and that no-fault stand-down is all about appeasing sponsors. Yeah. And while I understand why he's doing it, 
yeah, it's it's hard to be fully all in on it when all it takes is for one player to be scrubbed out for a year or two, only to be found not guilty. I mean, imagine if this had been what happened with um with Josh Reynolds. Yeah, and look, he was it was close with him. Mm, you know, that's right. I I I and I know I've said this on the podcast before. I'm apologise for repeating myself, but Sean Kenny Dow is another case where I, he chose to stand down voluntarily, and man, and and it. And when it came out in court, what that poor man was going through at the time, you know, sometimes I think that it, it's very hard for the NRL because they're between a rock and a hard place. I would say this too. You and me are going through and going very specifically about things that we don't like that happened on his watch. And we're pointing out at like actual cases of things that we didn't like. And that's something you're not seeing in the mainstream media when they talk about him. A lot of their things are very wishy-washy. I spent 500,000 bucks a day, you know, (laughs) and stuff like this. That is very like you toss it out there and it doesn't mean, where's the money? Where's the money, Andrew? Where's the money? It's just a a flimsy casting of the line and then just walking away and leaving the line in the water. Yeah, exactly. And at at least where saying, like, we didn't like this, this, and this, you know? Yeah. i tell you one thing I didn't like about On His Watch is I think there was a point there where the NRL went a bit to social justice warrior, and, like, you would watch some of the games, and you'd be like, man, I'm just here to play some football. I don't need preach to. Yeah. Um, they wound that back a bit, to their credit. But at the same time, I thought there was some social issues that uh, Todd Greenberg did take a stand on that were... I think ahead of other sports, and I think that uh, he should be commended for as well. Yeah, absolutely. And this is the sad thing about what's happened here is that pretty much all of this achievement that happened under his um, under his leadership is all forgotten right now. I mean, not even the NRL's own website can remember stuff over the last five years that happened, yeah. you know, under his tenure. That is gross. It is, and, yeah. And this is why we felt the need to come on here and talk because, I mean, obviously we've, if, if you've listened to more than, say, five episodes in a row, you've probably heard us rant about the NRL mainstream media. And there's probably a fair chance we'll get further into that later on in this episode. <laughs> but... When you, when you, when you see the, the campaign that they will run against someone purely purely for content it's 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 fucking disgraceful and sick and this is this is a classic example of it because we've seen it seen it already this year and you know it started with with fox sports and james hooper running that article about the five hundred thousand dollars a day crap and mm-hmm. then and then while while the the news limited mob were doing their usual sling and shit at todd greenberg Channel 9 started theirs up, and Fox Sports went, oh, hang on, we might do the opposite of them. And so they started doing talking about other parts of the game and, and attacking Channel 9, and they're doing an about-face. It's all about them. They're trying to save their own ass. They don't give a fuck about anyone else in the process. Yeah, and, I mean, when you just think about some of the attack pieces that have been, like the way that Mitchell Pierce, uh, not Mitchell Pierce, Mitchell, uh, Latrell Mitchell was... Oh. hounded like 
and he's a young bloke, you know, and I'm not one to say, oh, he's a young bloke, but, and he had literally had done nothing wrong. And the way that he just constantly got destroyed by people in the media and it just become a feeding frenzy and, and really gross and wasn't connected in any way with the Fact. reality of the situations that were going on. Fact. Yeah. And this is the thing is they don't, I don't know if they realize it or not. They should, mm-hmm. but, you know, but they do have the power to destroy someone's reputation mm-hmm. with basically slanderous articles and, and lies and stuff like they did against um, Latrell Mitchell. Mm-hmm. And what's going to happen one day if they're not careful is they will pick on a target that is not mentally as strong as Latrell Mitchell. Mm-hmm. And that person may well attempt suicide or worse, be mm-hmm. successful at it. Yeah. You watch those bastards. They will not They will not apologize one iota. They will not change anything they do. No. And they need to realize that this is the authority they have now. The, the game is entertainment it is media you can't go out there and just slag off on someone's reputation just because you need fucking content i think that i think that there's a change coming for all of the the media the media the mainstream media anyway because i really do i think people have just had enough of it and they've turned on it and i don't i know we were talking about this a little bit before when you go on Twitter, and I know Twitter isn't a a gauge of social what's happening in society, but uh, you, you, instead of seeing the overwhelming um, the overwhelming number of people saying, "Oh, well, you know, I believe this, this, this," everyone's questioning what they're reading, and everyone's turning on it. And so you go to like Fox Sports articles that they post on Twitter, and you look at the comments. And you're still going to get, you know, four or five people that are like, oh, yeah, you know, blah, blah, blah. But the vast majority are like, this is trash. What are you doing? You know, some, I mean, some of the utter trash. Fox Sports has turned into the trashiest media outlet in Australia. And that's fucking saying something, man. And it's some also of the very garbage they're putting out. Because this time last year, you you go to Fox Sports, and why you'd still get the the occasional um, Inception articles, as we call them. <laughs> yeah. Um, you you would basically just get sport news. Yeah. And now, they will take anything that is even the most flimsiest link to sport they can. Classic example, that that woman who was trying to uh, you know. I won't say scam, although I just have, uh, Josh Reynolds. Mm-hmm. There's a piece in there about how she was helping a couple get pregnant. All right, this is not sports news. No. She's not even a personality in the media. Furthermore, she does not need to have a media profile, and they're giving her one. How is it that someone who does something inherently bad is the sort of person who they go, we need to talk about this person more because that's apparently what people want to hear? Just because people may want to hear about it because they're perverse or they they like to hate read about them doesn't mean you need to report on it. No, I, I thought there was some reporting that was done about uh, Sam Burgess at times mm-hmm. over the last you know twelve months that wasn't in the public interest, and that's yeah. apparently the line it's supposed to be. You know, yeah. 
about his uh, marriage. Yeah, and and I thought that there was a lot of that that was very gross. I I hated that. You know, I've never been a, a massive fan of Sam Burgess, but you know what? Like him, I'm a father, and I hate the fact that some kids gonna not have their dad around twenty four seven, which they they deserve to have around. And the fact the media saw that as an opportunity for content and didn't take the time to think, maybe we should just be a bit cautious about that and not run that story. It's not really that important. Yeah. That's sick. I hate that. Yeah, so do I. It's uh, People come out trying to defend the media on that. It's not fucking news. No, it's it's not news. You know, um, that it happened a little bit. Remember a number of years ago it happened with uh, a, a very high-profile coach. Because I don't want to bring it up, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't want to be the one that says, oh, yeah, remember this one too. Or, like, it's happened to a lot of people in the game where they've pried into their personal life, and I think it's it's been very, very gross. And unfortunately, like, that's the way that Fox Sports has decided they're going to make their money now. And, um, man, it, it's disappointing because it used to be a place where you'd be able to go and just get pure sport news. And now what you're getting is you're either getting trash from their website or you turn on their shows and it's like watching a bunch of fucking alcoholics argue with one another. They're just yelling at one another. It's the same boring taglines. Yeah. $500,000 a day. What has it ever done? $500,000. You go, Jesus Christ, what is this? And it's just an echo chamber. Yeah. You know, they they get this, they get, it's just trash. I, I don't watch it. I don't watch it. No, no, I, I used to, you know, for probably for this show more than anything else, occasionally hate watch the NRL 360 show. Yeah. I have not watched a single episode of this NRL show they've got at the moment this year. Not a single minute. And I, I, it's yeah. not even because of anything I've heard bad about it. I just don't want to anymore. I've, you know what? I heard bad things about it and I chucked it on and I had it on for 10 minutes and it was just like the perfect storm of just garbage. And I turned it off, didn't turn it back on again. Um, and, and you know what? Long may they continue this stuff because for independent news sources and independent rugby league sites and outlets and podcasts, it is the best thing. Our numbers are going up. Our numbers are fantastic right now. And it's, you know, we're two dudes that just do our best. You know, it's not like we're spending all of these resources and spending massive amounts of time and stuff on, on stuff like if we can do it, they can do it one hundred thousand times over, you know. And and there is a grouping. difference. There is a difference though between NRL podcasts, doesn't matter which they are, including ours. Yeah. And Fox Sports. And what would that be? We love the game. Yeah, that's true. We don't whinge about it twenty four seven. No, we. As people know, listen to all of the one hundred and fifty eight episodes of this. We whinge about the media. Yeah. Really, really badly, but. Fuck it, they deserve it. <laughs> Bloody earth, they do. <laughs> Bloody earth, they do. Oh no, it's uh. So, I, I did make a tweet about today saying this is just a start. There's going to be so much content about this. Mm-hmm. Um, there'll be articles about who Greenberg's replacement will be, why he had to go, all the other bad things about him, and everything else he did wrong. Um, we've already seen people in social media, you know, taking the bait and saying that he's the worst 
CEO the game's ever had. So dumb. I went, have you not heard of David Gallup? <laughs> Seriously? How do they come to that conclusion? The worst we've ever had? Yeah, fuck. Seriously. You know, I, I think, and, and it's the sort of destruction that happens after every one of them leaves. Like, they did it to David Moffat. They did it to David Gallup. They did it to Smith. They've done it to Greenberg. Um, you know, they'll do it to the next guy when he leaves, or girl, whoever it is. Can I say girl? Oh, maybe I should say woman instead of girl. Yeah. Um, well, that's the thing. It doesn't... Uh, this is the problem, okay? Two things are going to happen here. Mm-hmm. Either... And if, if Flandy's is smart and wants to act in the best interest of the game, he will come out and say, whether it's fact or not, it doesn't matter, he will come out and say that he will personally hire the next NRL CEO... And the reason why that would be a good move is because we've seen how much the media loves pulling his dick. Yeah. And if he comes out and says, I'm hiring the next CEO and it's going to be Dead Possum over here, they're going to go, fucking Dead Possum's awesome. Like, Dead everything Possum, Dead Possum man. does is fantastic. He's never done a foot wrong. Dead Possum is fantastic. Yeah. You know what? You get used to the smell. Exactly. <laughs> it's actually, it comes across as, as stop being an odor. It starts becoming a bit of an aroma. Yeah, it's like that's the smell of hard work happening. And success. Yeah. Like when I think of success, I think dead possum. Exactly. And you just know the media would, would lap it up. They'd love it. They'd, they'd be all mad for dead possum because they're that stupid. They do that. Mm-hmm. But the problem we've also got is Peter Volandis does like to pay very close attention to the Daily Telegraph. And so yeah. if they put forward, if they put forward dead possum, and Dead Possum is clearly a bad option. He will go, hmm, well, Daily Telegraph reckons Dead Possum. I might just go hire that. Dead Possum would need to be a rugby league Dead Possum, though, because, you know, the funny thing is when <laughs> and you go through it, right, for, since the NRL came into place, so we had David Moffat, okay? Now, he come across from Rugby Union in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And they wanted him to change things a little bit, and he didn't wear a tie. I don't think if you're, I don't know if you've heard that before. Andrew, <laughs> didn't wear a tie. Didn't wear a tie. I do remember and, that. It was, it was blasphemous. It really was. Apparently, all these fucking alcoholic dickheads, big on ties. Who knew? Um, and so you, so he wasn't right. And then Super League's lawyer has to take over because no one else wants the fucking job because oh, it's a man. shit job right yeah. so super league's lawyer takes over he's it funnily enough is in place for longer than anybody has been yeah. right he does the job and then he leaves goes and takes over soccer and then uh what do we need is somebody that is rugby league so but they get in this investment banker who wants to change this business into a business but he wasn't rugby league enough, you know. Yeah, he got so they, players. No, he got players' names wrong. Yeah, I I know he changed the turn of the over the what entire game. He called him Benji Barber. Yeah. yeah, that's all you need to remember about David Smith. Not all the great stuff he did as a businessman. He said Benji Barber. What a fucking idiot. Yeah, you don't want to look at the corporate restructure he did. That's beside the point <laughs> for a CEO. That's not his job. No, his <laughs> job. This is the thing I find funny, and yeah. I remember saying this an awful lot when people were having a go at. Um, at uh, that former Peter Beatty. Yeah. People say, oh, he's, a, he's an idiot. He doesn't know anything about rugby league. And going, it's not his fucking job to know about it. That's, that's what I'm here for. Yeah. Yeah, you exactly. Know, 
if if you needed someone who knows about rugby league and its history and stuff like that to run the game, then David Middleton and Ian Heads would be running the NRL and they'd be <laughs> doing it until they die. Yeah, exactly. Just and because they know about history the game does not mean that they are good people when it comes to running a business. And the preeminent rugby league historian in Australia, which is Andrew Ferguson. Because oh, of my youth com- comparative to theirs, I'll just be the last one standing at some point. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll be the premier because I'll be the only one left. Hey, hey, jobs it's for a- the boys. Just remember jobs for the boys, yeah. all right? It's a waiting game. Yeah, <laughs> you're just waiting them out. Um, <laughs> uh yeah, so uh, anyway, so yeah, and then Todd Greenberg comes in from Clubland, and oh, this will be good because he knows how Clubland works, but nah, it's not him either. And so some of the names that have been put forward go from the utterly ridiculous to the to, to not bad, but it makes you wonder who's going to take over this role because this is a shit job. It is, and you know, you know who they do need is someone who's worked. Uh, not in the media, mm-hmm. but has an understanding of it, like a PR person, knows how to work the media. Well, and, he's, yeah. So and, here's, here's my thoughts on that, okay? Mm-hmm. You could get a patsy and put them in place. Now, yeah. here's the funny thing. The people that are saying to get a Phil Gould in, a Phil Gould is not qualified in any sense to be the NRC yeah. Like, not even close. I, no. To his credit, I think he would say the same thing, right? But if he did end up in the job, he would be a patsy. He would be somebody that they'd basically roll out in a cart, sit in front of the media, and let them have their, you know, pound of flesh while he says whatever the fuck he says. But his job wouldn't be to be the CEO. It would just be to be a face, okay? Yeah. So you can go down that road, you can or you or you can go down the road of putting in place a CEO of an, a sport and entertainment. You know, uh, at this point, it's a industry, and yeah. that's the way I would go. And if P- Peter Volandis obviously wants to be the face of the game, and I've always said we need a dictator in place. We don't need it run by a committee, which I think at times Todd Greenberg did too much. Um. And if that's the way he wants to go, fine. Let's do that. Let's go all out. So put in a CEO in place, a businessman or woman or whatever, and have them be a CEO and out of the spotlight. I'd be happy for that to happen. How about you? Yeah, I, I'm generally okay with anyone who comes in at CEO job and they're doing more good than bad. Yeah. Because you're never going to do everything right. As much as Paul Kent might disagree because he thinks that, you know, Peter Volandis gave birth to God. Um, He didn't. Uh, Yeah, you're going to do things which you're not going to be able to please everyone all the time. No. There's going to be decisions that have to be made that are not going to make everyone happy. Mm -hmm. The problem we've got at the moment is the media have essentially shown that they've got more power than Todd Greenberg or the NRL CEO because they've got rid of someone there. Essentially, that's what's happened. Um, The NRL can't go and bow down to the media's pressure again here and hire someone who the media wants in there. Mm -hmm. Um, 
at the same time, they also can't go and hire someone who will just be a scapegoat to the media as well. And this is why I think they need to get someone who's going to be a lot stronger with the media. And the biggest failing I have with Todd Greenberg is whenever the media came out and they ran utter bullshit stories, which got proven utterly bullshit very quickly, instead of trying to be democratic about it all and, and answering the questions and trying to be, you know, you know, have a good face and stuff like that and be the bigger man sort of thing. Rugby league needs to start cracking down on these people and say, you know what, if you, if you want to report on this game and have accreditation as a journalist, then you need to do your job better. Otherwise we're not going to give you any accreditation at all. Yeah. And start I... Cracking down on them and say, right, this, this, you need to get better at what you do. Mm-hmm and force them to be better at, at reporting on the game instead of this utter fucking shit that gets put out. What we've seen at, at Fox Sports with their, with their news in the last 12 months is the most rapid decline in media integrity I've seen anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's, it's obscene. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah, I, look, I would agree with everything you've just said there. Um and there were times that you kind of wanted Todd Greenberg to come out and he uh, he was too much of a politician to do it, you know. Mm, trying to keep but, everyone happy. You just yeah, can't. No, no. Um, I would love for the, an, an RLC CEO to, to be really strong in that area and come out and say, you know what, I read an article today by XYZ. They were wrong and I'm going to tell you why they were wrong. You know, and, and go with it. Now, the media wouldn't like that. I don't care. Nah. I, like, my interest isn't in the media. My interest is in rugby league. And for rugby league to be strong, it needs to be strong. You know, and you can't be strong by placating people that are attacking you all the time and hoping that they'll like it. The media is never going to like the people in the game, you know, because the, the media are outsiders. They are absolute outsiders. No one in the media is an insider in rugby league, as much as they like to try and tell you. Um, and and so there's always going to be this thing where they don't like people within the game because they're doing something they wanted to do and couldn't, you know? because yeah, they're not uh, capable. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I, I would love to see that from a CEO. I don't I don't have anyone in mind for the no, job. Have, have you got someone? No, I don't. I don't have it in the mind. Mostly because I've thought that much about it. But at this stage, I, I can't think of anyone that comes off the top of my head who'd be able to do that, other than probably, you know, some sort of strict politician. Like, imagine if, say, Paul Keating became the next NRL CEO. For me, that would be entertaining. That would be pretty entertaining. Like, I'm not a big fan of Paul Keating, but that would be entertaining. What about? Uh... I think the best person for the role would be Dana White from the UFC. Yeah. Yeah. Can or, you imagine him just telling just telling journalists that they're a fucking jerk? Things like that. <laughs> It'd be great. I would love that. Or or Vince McMahon. Not that he'd be boisterous against the media, but he'd just come out and look at a journalist who asks a stupid question and says, How much are you getting paid? I just worked it out. Right. I just yeah. worked it out. Can't have him for four years, right? But in four <laughs> years' time, he's going to be ready. Can you imagine Donald Trump 
as a CEO. Did you see that that uh, thing he did the other day where he was talking to the head of the CDC, I believe it was, and he's talking about journalists. <laughs> he, asks, he asks her a question and he's talking about social, social distancing with the journalists and he's saying, there's a lot of angry journalists here. There's a lot more angry ones outside. They can't come in because we've got to have them socially distanced in here but there's a lot of them outside that don't like me and they're very angry all the time well do you ever see a time where they'll all be sitting in here on top of each other once again always being angry but do you ever think we'll see that in a time and like the lady from cdc she just tries to get around the question and he looks back at one of his people and just smiles and this guy smiles back and it's like just the ultimate troll i tell you what donald trump he would be the best CEO. He would call out the media. It would be the most entertaining. I, I would watch that ahead of like that West Tigers versus uh, Penrith Panthers game we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, man. I, it took me two weeks to get the pens out of my eyes after that game. <laughs> that was so bad. That's oh, the worst was... two points Penrith have ever earned. That game was just hell. <laughs> it was hell. Oh, man, that was bad. Well, we we called the last episode the purge. I think we've had a pretty good purge on this one. Yeah. And it's be, that's all we're doing now is purging. Just purging, yeah. Um, it's kind of strange that we put out an episode, what was it, three or four episodes ago, saying Todd Greenberg is doing a very good job, and then this one is going to be Todd Greenberg was... It was sad, it was basically, yeah. Well, no, I, I did the same thing today. People were talking about how... Uh, was it Channel 9 said that Peter Volandis went and met with the broadcasters alone yeah. and that yeah. was somehow a sign that Volandis had no faith in Todd Greenberg. Yeah. And I, made, I made a tweet this morning showing that, no, Volandis is just doing his job as per the ARLC guidelines, which I provided in the tweet. Mm-hmm. And then I go and do my work and I come back, you know, eight hours later or it was and find out that Greenberg's been sacked. I'm like, oh, fuck me. What's this yeah. shit? <laughs> Oh, it was just, you just, there was just a disappointment. It's like, oh, rugby league. You did the rugby league thing. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, damn. I wonder mess. what Todd Greenberg does now. Well, the the Daily Telegraph's already got photos of going to the gym and then going and having a beer afterwards. <sighs> so now now they're just following him around everywhere. Yeah. That'll be more, more content. Yeah. Um, fucking snakes. And now the NRL Chief Commercial Officer, Andrew Abdo, is going to take over as acting CEO. Um, so be prepared, people. There'll be a few profile pieces on him. One or two will be puff pieces. And then if he's in the role for any more than, say, three months, um, if they don't like one little thing that he does, then you know, expect the fucking knives to come back out again. I hope that he is a rugby league person. Oh. Like... Because they'll go straight to that. They'll be like, oh, well, you know, he didn't exactly play first grade. You know what they should have done? Now that I've realized that I now know who I want to see yeah. as the next NRL CEO. Who? I don't know his name. But you're going to know who it is when I describe him to you. Okay. He's on the ARLC and he wears two watches. Oh. I, I don't know that the game is ready to have all of its 
like all of its revenue streams and everything when they put it on a chart to look like a COVID-19 chart, just boom, straight to the moon, you know what I mean? Just everything going straight up. And this guy's here and he's got his two watches and his pimp suit and his hair's just like fluffed up and looking beautiful. I don't think their game is ready for that sort of international expansion that he would bring. He's Dr. Gary Weiss. Yep, that's or maybe, it. Or maybe it's Vice, I don't know. Um, it's whatever he wants to be called. Man, that man is hardcore. I'm not even dissing him. I, I think that you, he, this this guy should just run the NRL. He could do the whole lot. He could merge the NRL and the RLC. He could run every fucking sport in the country, let's be honest. He's got two watches. He's good for time zones between Queensland and New South Wales when the, you know... Daylight saving kicks in. Yeah, exactly. He's ready to rock and roll right now. Um, you know, I could just imagine him just walking into the office. He, uh, he, 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 no, what he would do is he would walk in, he would point to the corner office and say, that one, I want that in five minutes. And then he'd go in, he'd sit back, put his feet up, light a cigar, and he just, you know, Press the thing for his secretary to come in and he'd say, here's what I'm doing. And then it would begin. The game would just go into this rush of expansion and greatness. And magnificence. Yeah. The thing I, the thing I like about him is yeah. the, uh, the watch he uses for himself. Mm-hmm. It's a crappy thing. It's just, it's just a, you know, a crappy Casio watch with a plastic strap on it. doesn't mm-hmm. care. And then he's just got a, dr- a proper dress watch, which is for everyone else. Yeah, and it's like a, it's a dress watch too. It's like yeah. classy yeah. and expensive. It's not like somebody else at the NRL who got himself a, he got himself a Guido watch. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Doctor Gary, he's just out there going, I'm wearing this watch here just for you people. Yeah. I don't need it. This is yeah. for you. This but- is to, yeah, my, I, I've already got the time. Yeah. I'm not even looking at this watch over here. This is just so you know that I know that you know. Exactly. Uh, he, he's he's all action. Yeah. I found his I found his bio. Should we go through it? Yeah, go for it. Um, Doctor Vice AM holds the degrees of uh, honours with distinction from Victoria Uni of Wellington, New Zealand, as well as a Doctor of Judicial Science from Cornell University, New York, US, has extensive international business experience and has been involved in numerous cross-border mergers and acquisitions, chairman of Ridley Corporation, executive director of Ariadne Australia and a director of Ardent Leisure Limited, Premier Investments Limited, SDA Health Limited, Thorny Opportunities Limited, ProPack Packaging Limited, The Straits Trading Company Limited in Singapore, the Victor Chang Cardiac Research Institute and the Centre for Independent Studies. That's how busy this man is. They left out one thing too. Mm. He's a pimp. <laughs> he's a he's a damn pimp. He's just he's pimping it all day. Now, do you want to look at some of the things that he's done in the past? Mm-hmm. Chairman of Clearview Wealth Limited from July 2013 until May 2016, and of Coates PLC from 2003 until April 2012. Executive Director of Guinness Pete Group PLC from 1990 until April 2011. 
and has held directorships of numerous companies, including Westfield Group, Tower Australia, Australian Wealth Management Limited, Tyndall Australia as Deputy Chairman, Joe White Maltings as Chairman, Whitlam, Turnbull and Co. and Industrial Equity Limited. Dr. Weiss was also director of the Brisbane Broncos, um, and he was a member of the Roosters Chairman's Club for the past two and a half years. He's a rugby I, league man. I feel like I feel like we can't afford him. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you? He is phenomenal. I hate the fact that he might actually just we might lose him because he gets you know they've got a, a set time limit in the RLC. We need to make this man CEO. Make him CEO right now. Yeah, I'm. Re- I'm him. It's him. It's got to be him. It. Yeah, we're going to call Doctor Vice. You need to be the CEO. Yeah, do we know you can do it? We know you can do it standing on your ear, right? You definitely can do it with your feet up on the desk. Like you're the man to lead the game as a CEO. Please do it. We would love that. And where's the two watches? You have to wear your two watches, though. I'd even recommend that he tries to go to three on each arm. <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be so good. Occasionally rotate them. If he okay, here's the thing, right? If if he does step into the role, I am willing to buy him because he's got his two watches, right? And you were saying it's, it's for time zones. He sets one to he sets one to like you know New Zealand time, yeah. One to Australian Eastern Standard Time or Daylight Saving Time, depending on what one we're going to. Well, one watch I, for each. Yeah, I will get him a sundial so that he also has the time zone. For Brisbane, because it's got to be something like that. It's got to be like a stone tablet. It's got to be something that's like, you know, ancient. Yes, exactly. Um, he'd probably even need a Stonehenge so you can tell where the winter solstice is yeah, up in Queensland. Exactly. I, I'll um, get him. I'll literally buy one for him, and I'll drive to the NRL's headquarters, and uh, it's a gift. It's not. I don't want anything back, and we'll record it. Absolutely. You know what else I'd give him? Mm. I'd give him Graham Annesley's Rolex. Okay, here's a question, right? <laughs> Gun to your head. Yeah. Is it real? Annesley's one? Yeah. Shit, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying no as well. He, went on a, he probably went on a holiday over to Vietnam or something like that and bought it in a market for about $12. $12. It's a Rolex. <laughs> It's a Polex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. You just know that's going to be the case. Yeah. Yeah. How is it that Greenberg gets a stack, but Annesley's still there? That's the I, worst thing in this whole story. <laughs> okay, here's what I, I, I think that he's next. He has to be. Oh, he's got to be. He is so tiresome. Yeah. Okay, so we've got Dr. Gary Vice is going to come in. As new CEO, mm. I mean, this is a star-studded cast already. We've only hired one person. Yeah, I'm liking it. I'm liking it. Who should we get to replace Annesley? What's his? What's the role that he has? Wanker. No. Um, <laughs> operations. Uh, yeah, it's something like that. COO. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Um, who would be a good COO? Um. Well, it's got to be a rugby league person. Yeah, got to be a rugby league person. That's that's first and foremost. Yeah. 
Um, who is someone that has no connection with rugby league? You do know hmm? another bit of news is that rugby union's on its on its death knell. Yeah, maybe Railing Castle could be uh, operations. If, if oh my goodness, because she's got no no involvement with rugby league whatsoever and never has. No, nah, no, she's never had anything to do with rugby league. No. Nah. Um. Yeah, can you imagine? Can you imagine how crazy people would go? <laughs> I, I I would go nuts. That would be the worst. Like, I mean, people have heard me rant. If she come in, I'd need to just I I'd oh. need to say, Andrew, just give me an hour and have something to say. You know what? I'm just sort of a great nominee for this operations person. Yeah. Purely for content for our program, yeah. for our podcast. Matthew Elliott. Did you did you see what I put today? No, what did you do? <laughs> so apparently Matthew Elliott went on ABC Grandstand and said something about how the AFL was was run so much better than uh, rugby league than the NRL. You know, and Matthew Elliott fucking looking at someone else's performance. And so I just replied, Matthew Elliott is a fucking space cadet. And it just summed up everything I needed to say about him. Oh, my goodness. See, I I think Matthew Elliott, you could have him around for some herbal tea instead of the Todd Greenberg tea, tea and scones. You just have and some herbal Andrew, tea. Andrew. You have the diffusers and around and some, some scent, scented candles and stuff going on. Andrew, Andrew, Andrew. Shut your slut mouth, all right? <laughs> you know I couldn't handle that. Okay? Oh, think of the episodes we could pump out. No. No, I don't want to. I was there. Look, you're giving me flashbacks now. Fuck. Hey, can we, you... can, we can make it fair, okay? We can have Tim Sheens there as well. Or Justin Potato. That, that's Cause, not fair. Cause, let's be honest. No, let's be honest. None of them are going to have to do anything because Dr. Gary's going to do the whole lot anyway. He's going to do the whole thing. These are just there for... These are just people that we can have there so we can abuse them because there's not going to be anything to complain about with the rugby league with Dr. Gary there. There's no way Dr. Gary's going to have Mr. fucking Herbal Tea with his wind chimes up, fucking, you know, going in the breeze from the fucking fans. No fucking way. Uh, No way in the world. What about Justin Potato? Um, he, he has a bit of an issue with the procedural policy that the NRL puts in place in regards to rules, so I'm not sure that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, reading's not his strong point. Yeah, when when you learning. Yeah, when you're saying like, no, this is a this is under the rules, and the NRL goes, no, it's not. And he yeah, says, we, yeah, it is, and they've got to go, no, it really isn't. Yeah, we wrote the rules. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh dude, man. that would be entertaining. Anyway, um, who would be the worst person to put in charge apart from Phil Gould and Raylan Castle? Yeah. Um, Peter Doust. Ooh, that's a that's a good one, eh? Benny Elias. You win. <laughs> <laughs> next, next question. You win. Well, I was going to say we've got a few. Um, you said we've got a few emails. I've also got a comment here from on on our Facebook page. Oh yeah, tell us the comment. Yeah, Jack Isaacson. 
He said, uh, hey, fellas, just discovered the pod this season. Love your stuff. It's quite refreshing and hope you keep up the pace. Um, I eat multiple potties a week. It's fucking fantastic while I'm guarding. Makes work a lot easier. Right balance of knowledge and humour. Oh, that's very nice. We try our best, hey? Yeah, we do. Yeah. Um, I We got an email. We got a couple of them, actually, from Sam Bayless, uh, Bartram13. Yep. He's a big, big supporter of the podcast and everything we do, really. He said, uh, hi, guys. Uh, get some merch started. I'd buy a shirt, hat, or a hoodie, even a stubby holder. And he said, a game from the past I'd like to see is from 1996 preliminaries, uh, the preliminary final between Saints and North Sydney. Saints won 29 points to 12. Two of my favourites, Bartram and Mundine, scored. Looking forward to Teams of the Decade episodes and more history. He said, thanks, fellas, Sam. Nice. So, yeah, that's uh, – I don't remember that game. Do you remember that game? Nah. Yeah, I don't remember that one. We need to get some merch going, hey? Yeah. Yeah, we'll sort that out. We've been going to sort that out now for uh, just just over 12 months. Let, let's be honest. When we've said we, I floated the idea to you, and I, I pretty much offered to do none of it. Yeah, but then I, I said, I'll, don't worry, I'll sort out the way it looks, and I didn't really do much with it. <laughs> no, it's, it's merch. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll work on that. What do you reckon? Well, yeah, we'll get some merch going. I would like some merch. We might even do a bit of social media stuff on there and, and float some design ideas. Should we do hey, that? Yeah, that's an idea. Maybe get some people to... Uh, might help oh, to man. get other people to do it for us. <laughs> There's a problem though. My followers are fucking dickheads. I would do it on the uh, the podcast one. Okay, okay, yeah, because my followers are a bunch of fucking psychopaths. Okay, so Samuel uh, sent us a second email, and he said, "Hi guys, if all crime was legal for twelve hours, what would you guys do?" Thanks, Sam. That's after the Purge podcast. You know, like the movie The Purge. Oh yes, yes. Yeah, so what would you do if you could do if all crime was legal for 12 hours? Oh, that's a tough one. I don't know. I'd do say rob a bank or something. I would speed. In the car, I mean. Yeah. Uh, I would uh, shop with plastic bags. Mate. Um, what else? I, I thought I knew you. <laughs> you're an was, animal I don't know <laughs> this changes everything see I, was, I thought I'd be reasonable and just rob a bank you're going to go shopping with plastic bags fuck yeah you, envir- you environmental vandal you I know right um, <laughs> I don't know I like that's, that. the big one would be speeding hey how weird's that is that weird um, I don't know if it's weird. I think it's just a bit. You could probably do it now and not get caught. Yeah, you get caught. I know. <laughs> Depends what you drive. Like if you've got like a nine and eighty nine Suzuki Swift, you're not going to do any speeding in a hurry in that thing. <laughs> I, I don't drive one of those. I drive a proper donk. <laughs> um, yeah, that is, I know it's a, it's not probably the answers that you're after, Bartram thirteen, but. I mean, come on, what are we supposed to say here? Yeah, yeah, we're not going to give away all of our plans. Yeah, 
Imagine if one of us had been like, you know what I would do? I would manufacture large qu- large quantities of MDMA. That'd yeah. be great. Like it'd be so weird if, if so one she... of us had something specific that was like, yeah, oh yeah, I'd do that. And then five days later, it turns up in the news. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, it just happened to get raided. Wouldn't yeah. that be weird? <laughs> that would be bad. Well, there you so, go. That was some good feedback there. Yeah. Yeah, so thank you for that. We also got a another um, another email. Uh, oh, man. It's gone, it's gone nuts. Yeah. Uh, we got another email from Andy, but that was more for us. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to say thanks to Andy for sending that to us because he sent us a really long email um, with some suggestions and things like that. So thank you for that, Andy. Can I just say Andy, too? He's one of the greatest humans alive. Uh, he, he donates to both of us on Patreon. Absolute legend. Uh, mm. Thanks for your support, mate. Uh, we'll keep doing whatever we can to keep you happy. <laughs> yeah, and, and like, I, I just, I can't believe, like, I've got five uh, people on Patreon, including Andy, and uh, I, I can't believe it. I really can't believe it. Like, it's incredible. Good stuff, man, good stuff. Yeah. And how, how can people find your Patreon page? Uh, go to patreon.com forward slash league freak no spaces and you'll find yeah. my one um, you go on there and you can uh you can get on one of the tiers and pay from as little as three dollars a month on there i believe yeah three i put the tiers at three five and ten bucks so they're all really cheap just and you know they there's no differences between them really at this stage i actually put up a thing uh i put up the f- first post since i opened it up talking about um you know the main like basically my aim has always been to to give people something they don't get out of the mainstream media to a certain extent and uh, yeah yeah exactly nice so yeah so thank you to everybody that 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 signed up for that already that's just amazing yeah fantastic work people um how do they get yours yeah go to uh patreon.com rugby league or rl project Mm-hmm. slash RL project I should say mm-hmm. and uh, yeah I've, I've got to put some posts and stuff on there been doing a bit of s- sneaky work on one of the uh, New South Wales Rugby League seasons from the past in the last week ah. um, so I might have that finished by next week oh nice so uh, I'll be making an announcement on, on the uh, the Patreon about that and look up on the socials as well so keep an eye out for that That's very cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. I'll be uh, looking forward to seeing that one. That's awesome. Yeah, another season done. Nice. So we've done up to, I think I've done from 1908 to 1945 in the mm-hmm. New South Wales Rugby League season. Mm-hmm. And then every year since 1977 has also been done on there. Mm-hmm. I've just got the 46 to 76 gap left to do. Um, so, yeah, that's that's pretty much what I'm working on at the moment. I'll get those done and... Only thirty years left there. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. It's uh, wow. And then you finished it. <laughs> then I finished that I little bit. That. Yeah. <laughs> then we move on to the next little bit, and then yeah. we try and get the English stuff in there. Oh man, we've also acquired quite a bit of quite a lot more English data. So uh, I now have the 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 lineups, the scorers, and the results from every English game since eighteen ninety five. Mm-hmm. But they're all handwritten documents, so gotta get it digitised. You you busy at the moment, freaky? Got a bit of uh, work on for you, mate. 
yeah, nah, look, uh, I'm, I'm got stuff happening, you know, like I'm just not at home most of the time. I just, mm. yeah, just... Uh, MDMA, <laughs> <laughs> you had your house, didn't it? <laughs> Oh, just yeah, just oh, oh, Sal, I know and stuff like that. Yeah, and you know the funny thing is, I've never touched drugs in my life ever. Just never interested in it. There you go. We that's how most deals start, though. You know, you don't <laughs> yeah. you don't take the product, otherwise you start consuming your own bloody income. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I feel like I'm digging a hole. Everything I say here, like, you are. Yeah. I just keep handing you a shovel. Yeah. <laughs> I finally got rid of the shovel. Here's another one. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Shit. There we go. All right. Well, uh, thanks for tuning in, everyone. It's been another another good lengthy episode. That's what she said. Um, yeah. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram. You know what? We need to put some Instagram stuff up. Yeah. Uh, I've been meaning up? to actually put up a picture and a little bit of a spiel about every episode that we do ever since I set it up, and I've not done it once. So, um might try and start doing that. Yeah, well, I guess people might want to see some of the stuff we talk. You know what people would like to see? You know the uh, knife that you get sliced off part of your your anatomy <laughs> with last last episode. Maybe put a picture of that up. I reckon people want to see weird shit like that. I can do that. I was I was uh, playing with a cricket ball tonight. Oh, where? Yeah, it was the one that I got. Um... One of many that I got given to me when I got men of the match in a game because I was actually quite a good cricketer when I was younger. Oh, nice. Excellent. Took, Were took you shining it? Like, spinning no, it? No, no, it's just tossing it from hand to hand. Yeah, sometimes when we're doing a podcast, I'm tossing it too. Yeah. I've, oh, I know. I've, I've seen the footage. Oh, yeah. It's impressive. Ah, thank you. It is as impressive as Dr. Gary's two watches. It's and on the. That's what she said. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, thanks for tuning in, everyone. We'll catch you all the next time.